Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for October 3rd, 2010. <clears throat> and we're going to pick up where we left off. We were talking about the whole UFO, alien, Maitreya uh, disclosure, deception that is going to happen. Most likely, I would say this scenario is going to play out in the next... I cannot see this going much into 2012. Much past into... I, I do not think it's going to go past 2012 because of all the garbage about the Mayan calendar. December 21st being the end of the Mayan calendar. I believe a lot of this stuff is going to play out before then. Now, we're almost to the end of 2010. So if we're looking at this scenario, we've got... Okay. Um, and again, it's not because I'm putting stock in 2012, the Mayan calendar thing. It's not because I'm putting stock. But the New Agers and Hollywood and a lot of that stuff that's been talked about, they have put a lot of stock in it. So I do believe there's a timeline. And I think that we've got, you know... Maximum, maximum two years before the stuff starts to really go down. And I honestly think it's going to occur before that. Um, it's amazing that it's gotten pushed back so far, but again, the Lord Jesus Christ is in control. Again, um, let's start into this article here. We'll, we were about halfway into it. This is precisely what the UFO alien deception is attempting to do. Hollywood has gotten into the act of conditioning people to accept aliens. In 1982, Michael Linden of the L.A. Times gathered together a group of eight people experienced in UFO and extraterrestrial encounters for a special screening of Steven Spielberg's movie E.T. Remember cute little E.T., the devil alien with a little pot belly? Yeah. Well, anyway, London noted the following reactions. Was he, he had a little beer gut on him, man. I don't know. He kind of... He needs to cut back on those. Anyway, London noted the following reactions of the group to the movie. He said, quote, this is a true movie. Now, this was the eight people that have been, had UFO experiences, you know, most likely abduction scenarios or whatever. They said, collectively evidently, this is a true movie, not a romance. It's part of a conditioning process to prepare us for the arrival of alien beings. Now, again, you could go way back before that, the day the Earth stood still, or whatever scenario, War of the Worlds, H.G. Wells, I mean... You got a lot of movies that appeared way before that at the very onset of the sci-fi movie era, which I think started around the 50s, you know, in that area. Um, the movie is a vehicle. It invites the audience to be less afraid of the so-called paranormal. Now, see, E.T. would be presented as a good alien. He's one of the nice ones, okay? Whereas then we have the bad ones. So, again, good cop, bad cop. Uh, let's go further. It invites the audience to be less afraid of the so-called paranormal. And what better place to start than that of children? Everything is being done through the children. Remember, he left him Reese's Pieces to make the E.T. go wherever he wanted, you know. And so, yeah, he liked Reese's... I mean, hey, if an alien likes Reese's Pieces, he can't be all bad. Come on. He's cuddly. Remember they had the little E.T. dolls, the little stuffed... Animal ETs talk about bringing a cursed object into your house. You know the only thing that the only place that little ET stuffed animal it belongs is in your fireplace or in a burn barrel. Sorry, ET, but you know I got I got to break it to you gently there, or not so gently. Anyway, um, yeah. So if you got any of that garbage like alien figurines or any of that, please 
Bust it. Get rid of it. At bare minimum, throw it away. Get it out of your house. They're cursed objects. It's like having a picture of a demon in your house. You know? Oh, isn't that a special demon on the wall? You know? No, no. It's not. You don't want to bring cursed objects in your house. You have no idea how that could be affecting you on a spiritual level. Get it out. All right, anyway, let's go further. Uh, and that also goes for angels with wings and, and women angels. There's no Bible for that. None at all. I've done a whole teaching on women, angels with wings and halos. Okay, now I'm not coming down on women. Okay, I'm just saying. Can we look at that from a biblical standpoint? Well, go up to um, the contendingfortruth.com site. Key in angels or women angels, and you'll find the teaching. And again, it's not has nothing to do with me being chauvinistic. I'm just being, I'm trying to be biblical, and I can actually take you into the Bible, and we can look at this from that standpoint. So you're going to be real careful with what, you know, the Bible says the Godhead is not like that of, of gold or silver, of, of graven art. Okay, we're not supposed to have any of this stuff in our house. Pictures of supposedly what Jesus looks like, figurines of angels with wings, or women angels, or or whatever. We're not supposed to have that stuff in our house. There's no Bible for it whatsoever. You know, I mean, at bare minimum, err on the side of safety and get rid of it. Because it doesn't make you a better Christian having that stuff in your house. Um, anyway, uh, let's go further. Everything has been done through our children, and this has been over the last 60 years, other word, this conditioning. Thus, the first generation to be conditioned are now having children who are also being conditioned. What is the purpose? Remember that the movie and the TV industries are openly hostile to Christianity and very, very obviously New Age. Also remember that the number one objective of the New Age movement is to successfully stage the appearance of, of the Antichrist. See, all of this stuff that we're being brainwashed with is to successfully stage, ultimately, to successfully stage the appearance of Antichrist. That's the, that's the thing you have to keep in mind about all of this. Now, I give you... The link to my teaching called The Return of the Nephilim, Hollywood Preparing the Way. Uh, which is another thing that relates to this very much. Today, the conditioning to entice people to accept aliens uh, so that when the Antichrist arises, they will have no trouble believing his out-of-the-world claims. Even the, the United Nations is getting on the scripted act. Time is getting close. Okay. So, next article. Now, I saw this this week. This one of the New Age sites is... Because I, I check New Age sites. I kind of see where... Okay, what are they doing? What, what are they saying? What is their channeling telling them? What are their ascended masters telling them? Well, this has been at the very, very top of one particular very, very prominent New Age site this week. And <clears throat> I've entitled this More Lies from Ascended Master Esau Emmanuel Sananda, a.k.a. Master Jesus. This is going to be the false Jesus that comes back with Maitreya. Okay, that we were just talking about. Now, this is an actual channeling from this particular devil. Okay, this um, angel of light, false angel of light like devil. Okay, this is a direct channeling from him from, you would think it was from last week because of what he said, what he's going to say, but it's actually from November 10th. 1992, Phoenix Liberator, Volume 21, Number 4. Okay, I'm going to read this to you because it's going to confirm very much what we were just talking about. And, so, and he's going to say some things in there that are just such a, a dead giveaway. 
So, it starts out by saying, Greetings, precious little Drutha. Whatever that is. I've never been called a Drutha. But anyway, that's what he calls us. He says, I am Sananda. I come in the service of the Holy... Oh, also, just to let you know, and I've said this before, this is the same Sananda that looks exactly like all the Jesus pictures people have in their houses. It's the exact same looking... Who gave us that image? The Catholic Church. They're the, that's where that image started. The Catholic, And we know so many good things have come out of the Catholic Church, right? I mean, the 50 million uh, people they killed during the Inquisition. You know, all the pedophilia priesthood. All the garbage and extra-biblical stuff that they do. Yeah, we know a lot of good stuff's come out of the Catholic Church. Well, those are where we get the images of this supposed Jesus. This long-haired Jesus, real good-looking guy, which is actually contradictory to what the Bible says. It says there was nothing in him that we would desire him as far as his physical appearance in the Bible. The Bible also says that doesn't nature therefore itself teacheth us that it is a shame for a man to have long hair? It says that in the New Testament. Why would Jesus walk around long hair would contradict his word? He doesn't contradict his word. Okay, so again, that image of Jesus is the exact image that when Sananda strides to the podium, most likely with Maitreya, this false master Jesus, he's going to look exactly like that Jesus of all these people that have them hung up in their house. They've literally got a picture of an ascended master hanging up in their house. And it's cursed. It's cursed. Get it out of your house. I'm telling you. You need, if nothing else, but to err on the side of safety. There's no Bible for it at all. And how in the world would we even know? We can't. And those, again, the Catholic Church is the one that gave us that image, that exact image. So it's something, I don't view that as a trivial issue. I view that as very important. So, I'm coming to service of the Holy Creator, source, the one labeled God of light. Okay, and again, this is all garbage. Okay, I'm reading, just reading it. He goes on to say, I am the one who walked your place some 2,000 years past in your county. In other words, he's claiming to be the real historical Jesus Christ. Okay. Then he says, I was human as you are, I'm, I, I was human as are you, ones who now walk this place and journey toward oneness with God. Okay, now notice how religious he sounds. Well, trust me, the Antichrist and Maitreya are going to be real religious. That's what people like. Goes on to say, I was known by many labels and most will recognize me by the term Jesus Christ. Much of what you do read in your various editions of the so-called Holy Bible are misperceptions of the one Pharisee-born Saul of Tarsus and who changed his name to Paul. Notice, the first thing he's doing is attacking the Word of God and Paul, Saul of Tarsus. That's the first thing this devil's doing. Please bear that in mind. Then he goes on to say, Alas, my mission and my purpose for coming to your place in behalf of our Heavenly Father was not only misunderstood by seekers of truth, but was also purposely altered to serve the needs of the religious zealots who lead the ignorant masses through fear and damnation. In other words, there's no hell. Every religion on the planet that is based in Christianity is false, according to this devil. Okay, now again, what, what are we getting here? We're getting, it's like getting a Bible study from Satan. 
you know? Basically, whatever the guy's saying is most likely it's going to be the exact opposite, okay? So bear that in mind. Going further, for you ones who work closely with the hosts of God, who assist you at this time of great transition, remember, this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Remember that song? Okay, this is what we're going into. This age of Aquarius that Maitreya and this Master Jesus and the Ascended Masters and the aliens will help usher us into so we can make our next evolutionary step because they seeded the planet millions of years ago with us. Remember the ancient astronaut theory or intelligent design. We did evolve to a certain extent. Now we've evolved to where we're actually ready to take this next transition and this next step into Godhood. That's the one of the big carrots, one of the big rewards that Satan is putting out there. Okay. Okay, so let's go further. Uh, please know that I'm experienced that I experienced the wrath and malicious actions by those who were threatened by the messages of our Holy Father, which I brought to the people. The adversary was nipping at my heels constantly, as many of you are now experiencing as well. In other words, oh, he was being dogged by Satan. No, 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 he's at one with Satan. Okay. Okay, let's go further. Here he goes back to Paul again. Hmm. He says, Paul, alias Saul of Tarsus, was no apostle of mine. He elected himself authority to interpret my message, and it was he who taught the misteachings of salvation and put me, Emmanuel, above you, once calling me the Son of God to save you from your sins. In other words, Paul called him the Son of God. No, 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 he called himself the Son of God. Originally in the Gospels, didn't Jesus Christ do that? He openly said that. Paul just reiterated it. Okay, so anybody that has any kind of biblical knowledge could see right through this garbage that he's saying. It doesn't even add up. He's a liar. Why? Because he is of his father the devil, and of his lust he will do. He was a murderer from the beginning. Okay, he's wanting to take as many people to hell in the lake of fire for eternity as he can. That's what this is all about. So, he goes after Paul, just like so many other people are doing now. And we're going to discuss that a little bit more in, in a few minutes here. Um, he taught misteachings of salvation. And, and he said he put me, Emmanuel, above you. What? Why? Should we be above Christ as Christians? I don't know what he's getting at there. Once calling me the only son of God to save you from your sins. Evidently, Jesus Christ didn't come. Because that's what he's saying. Well, if you don't believe that Jesus Christ came here, to save us from our sins, to, to essentially through his death, burial, and resurrection, through his finished work on the cross, to save our souls. If you don't believe that, then where are you going? What have you put your faith in? Yourself? Some weird religious belief? Well, you're going to hell. So again, that's the first thing he attacks, because he doesn't want anybody to believe that. He wants people to go to hell. That's his agenda. The slimy devil, that's his agenda. For you are saved by grace, through faith, faith in Jesus Christ, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's the gift of God through Jesus Christ. For all of sin that comes short of the glory of God. The wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the truth. What we're, seeing, what we're reading here is total lies. Okay, let's read this further. 
<clears throat> they, okay, so he goes on to say, misteachings of salvation, putting me Emmanuel above you, calling me the son of God to save you from your sins. Then he goes on to say, this devil goes on to say, these were not my teachings ever. You lying devil. Then he goes on to say, and in fact, if you study the first books, which are included in most versions of the Christian Bibles, Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John, there remains a remnant of the messages which I brought which do often contradict Paul's interpretations. Even still, those four books do not include many things I taught and were actually put to print 70 to 200 years A.D. Boy, it just seems like he's really concerned about the Bible. Why isn't he concerned about the Hindu Vedas? Or about, you know, the teachings of Confucianism? Or whatever. Mormonism or Jehovah. Why is it? Because he realizes the word of God is what we base our faith in as Christians. Okay, we're, as far as ambassadors in Christ, emissaries of Christ, salt and light, we're the only human ambassadors on this planet that, that, that the Lord Jesus Christ can actually work through. I'm not saying he can't work through his angels or the Holy Spirit, but I'm saying he so chooses to use the body of Christ in order to battle Satan. So he's trying to undermine our faith. And if you think it's bad now, Wait till all this stuff comes out in the open. And they're openly questioning this. You better have your house built on the solid rock of Christ Jesus for what's coming. You better do it. Because I'm telling you, when all these lying signs and wonders start to go down, and to an extent that you can't even, neither I could comprehend, when all this stuff starts going down, um, there is going to be a, such a falling away as the Bible does predict in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, where it talks about the strong delusion, there will be a falling away, and then that wicked one will be revealed. That's the way it talks about it in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Falling away of the church, this apostasy, which is what that word's based off of, which is where it really is in full swing now, but I believe it's really going to um, come to a head when a lot of these lying signs and wonders in World War III breaks out. Okay, so let's go further. <clears throat> Uh, even, let's see here, and this is by your calculation of your own historical theo theologians, uh, so precious chilas, now he's calling us a chila, whatever that is, so precious chilas, you must ask yourselves, who decided what would be included in each, in each authorized version of the Bible? Now he goes and he says, quote, authorized version. There's only one authorized version. That's the King James Bible. That's how it was originally referred to. It was authorized by the king. Okay. He goes on. Isn't it interesting that he attacks that particular version in particular? There's no other version that's called the authorized version. Okay. Which technically is the 1611 King James. Okay. Isn't that funny? He goes after that one version Hmm, I wonder, is that like confirmation to every study I've ever done about the King James Bible? I mean, if Satan's going to attack one version, uh, do, does that mean that he thinks that that version's false or true? Why would he attack that one version? Because it might be a gigantic threat to him? Absolutely. Understand that. Total confirmation of all the studies we've done. He just so happens to go after the authorized version. Then he goes on to say, I can assure you God was seldom present in those authorizations and decisions. Oh, good. I'm, I'm going to definitely take your word for it, Mr. Satan. 
I'm going to take your word for it that God can't preserve his word when he says in his word that he will preserve his word. The Bible says the words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this day forever. God's promised to preserve his word. The Bible says forever, O Lord, thy words are settled in heaven. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Thy words have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee, against God. So again, total garbage, total garbage, what this guy's saying, or what this devil's saying. So he's saying, I can assure you, God will seldom present in those authorizations and decisions. And then he goes on to say, Paul, the self, here he goes back to Paul again. He just seems to be obsessed with Paul. A lot of people are nowadays. Paul, the self-ordained apostle, corrupted my message and deceived millions of ignorant seekers over the centuries. I would venture to say he did this job well. For so many of you are transfixed in an illusion of dogma and human power, and the price has been your own soul. Oh, so now, oh, good, he's going to tell us how to get right with God, right? Satan's going to tell us how to get right with God. Isn't it funny, though, how he keeps on keying on Paul over and over? We, the hosts of God, are coming again to you, to you ones who will hear the clarion call of truth. <laughs> right. Clarion, clarion call of lies. Then he goes on to say, for many of you are weary of being lied to and used. Well, that's what all he's doing. Um, so many are trapped and you are kept there by the f adversary of fear. We come, meaning the Ascended Masters, come to shake you awake that you may find God within you. Isn't that the main message of the New Age? To find God within us? To actually become as gods? Sure. And the freedom which his holy presence acknowledged and accepted will bring you. It is time to think for yourselves. For God gave you all that you are and you ha have mostly denied him in self. We are giving you a ticket to free your soul from bondage. He's actually giving you the exact opposite. He's giving you a ticket to bind your soul in bondage to be cast into hell and then into the lake of fire. That's what he's offering you this day, just so you know. To, to free your soul from the bondage of the false human dogma and ritual, which leaves you unfulfilled. Does this mean I say you question your beliefs as you hold them now? Oh no, I would never think you're questioning my beliefs as I hold them now. Everything he said would get us to question our belief in the Bible. I mean, if you believed any of this garbage, we might as well just throw our Bible at the window, Right? I mean, who's to say what goes and what stays? That's all the new versions do. Well, we'll just take this word out and we'll insert this one. Well, why do they do that? Because every time they copyright another false version that's not derived from the Textus Receptus or the Byzantine text or the majority text, and the only one that, is, that has that is the King James Bible as its underlying text, all the other ones spawned from the 1881 version of the two occultists named Westcott and Hort, who had as their underlying text, the Vaticanus and the Sinaiticus, which were two corrupted Catholic manuscripts. That's what all the modern-day Bible versions, other than the King James, base themselves off. That's their underlying text, the revised version of 1881, that was a totally corrupt version from the very beginning. Well, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So, again, you know... Um, they're saying that, that they're giving us this ticket to free our soul from bondage of this false human dogma and ritual which leaves us unfulfilled right. <laughs> and then he has the audacity to say, 
Does this mean I say to question your beliefs, quote, beliefs as you hold them now? Well, isn't that what he's just done the whole time? Isn't that what I just read? These devils are such contradictory liars, they can't even go one paragraph before they contradict themselves. Not really smart way to approach things, if you ask me. I mean, a two-year-old could see through this. Then he goes on to say, um, if you live a righteous moral life, putting others before self and seeking to give in more ways, then you can label yourself an atheist, a Christian, an aborigine, a Buddhist, a Muslim, and it makes no difference whatsoever. That's all I'm going to read of it. So he's saying it doesn't matter. As, as long as you live a righteous and moral life, putting others before self, seeking to give in more ways, which sounds real nice and flowery, right? Then you can label yourself an atheist, a Christian, an aboriginal, a Buddhist, a Muslim, and it makes no difference whatsoever. So we're all going to, to, to uh, heaven or nirvana or wherever we're trying to strive for as long as we're a morally upright person. The problem is, is apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says, for we are all together as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness is as a filthy rag before God. That's what God thinks about our best day done apart from Jesus Christ. Not because he's mean. It's just because we cannot be Holy like God is. We will always fall short. And if we think that we're going to do it apart from Jesus Christ, what is that? Pride. And the Bible says God will share his glory with no one. So, again, I wanted to read that to you because I thought it was rather telling. Now, my comment on this. Here's my comment about this. Because I've got a lot of this stuff on the whole Paul usurper thing. Okay? Many, many people attacking Paul. But who's doing it? Who are the main ones attacking Paul? The Apostle Paul and everything that he wrote. Well, who is it? Mostly gays, lesbians, bisexuals, transsexual movement. Why? Because there's a lot of things that Paul says in his writings that would condemn. But there's also a lot of things that would condemn it in the Old Testament that he had nothing to do with. I mean, in the Old Testament, if, if you were a, a sodomite, a gay, whatever, uh, transsexual, transgender, well, they didn't have transgender back then, I guess. But I guess they, you know, they didn't have sex changes, I know that. But... Um, and that was a brilliant statement I just made, right? <laughs> but anyway, um, it was a death sentence. I mean, it was death. If you were a witch, the Bible says, thou shall not suffer a witch to live in the Old Testament. I mean, it was a death sentence. Um, we're not supposed to go around killing people, you know, in the New Testament. We don't have any, any uh, biblical warrant to do that. But it was a very serious thing in both Old and New Testament. Okay, so people from like the gays, lesbians, bisexual, transsexual movement, there's a lot of movement in there because of his remarks about gays that would want Paul, any writings from Paul to be eliminated. And then, okay, who else? Radical feminists who like to call themselves Christians or even feminists, they would hate Paul with a passion. I've heard many women pastors like good old Sherry Schreiner um, and a lot of other uh, women that have put themselves in a position that they have no biblical warrant to be in whatsoever. Um, biblical qualifications for a pastor, bishop, elder, deacon, spiritual overseer is that it's to, to be the husband of one wife. The Bible's very clear on that in more than one spot in the New Testament. The husband, oh, but those are Paul's writings, so they don't apply, right? Well, show me all the women um, 
leaders in, okay, oh, there's Deborah in the Old Testament. The only reason he had to use Deborah is because the men were so sorry that he had, he had no choice in that particular instance. It's the only reason. It wasn't like it was like God's perfect will. It ended up being his, I believe, acceptable will, permissible maybe. And granted, thank God for Deborah, but it's not the, the biblical preordained way God would have it be. Okay? Radical feminists who like to call themselves Christians hate Paul. Okay? Why? Because he sets parameters on the way women should, uh, regarding the marriage, regarding the way women should conduct themselves in the church, regarding biblical parameters for, uh, again, bishops, elders, pastors, whatever, deacons. They don't have any biblical right to be any of that. Okay? Yet, you've got all these women pastors that say they're called of God. No, they're not. They've been lied to. They've, they've given heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. They spoke, oh, I don't care. She's such a wonderful... Po-. Well, that's fine. You can throw the Bible out all day long. That's your prerogative. But there are biblical parameters that we need to adhere to. And because the church has gotten so far away from biblical parameters, and because there's no discipline in the church, is one of the big reasons the church is in the shape it's in. Let's go further. Then we have, this is where I first heard about this. There was this guy that I knew, and he um, he was wanting to, to, I heard him debate one of my uh, preacher friends at a meeting I was at. He just came up out of nowhere and started debating him about Jesus Christ and all this stuff. And I checked into this guy, and I found out he was involved in a cult called Urantia. And I give you a link here to the cult. And it's this big, gigantic book of New Age drivel garbage, essentially. And basically, it's one of the first things I've ever seen that calls, they call Paul, they call him Paul the Usurper. Okay, they got a whole thing dedicated to discrediting Paul. So now look, have you noticed something about these groups that I've mentioned? They're good Bible-believing right down the middle, hellfire and brimstone preaching. No, they're not. They're not any of those things. They're as far from the truth in his, in his, immersed in evil as you could just about be. So is that a confirmation that Paul's this usurper and everything that he's as far? And then here you have, I just read from Satan himself essentially, how he's going after the authorized version of the Bible in Paul. <laughs> I mean, come on. There was, there was a preacher I, uh, I knew, he says, well, whatever side the devil's on, I'm going to mark myself down on the other side. Well, that's pretty much true in this particular situation here. So let's go further. So then we have the, the Urantria cult. Then to virtually all New Age adherents, because they hate Paul too, all the New Agers, to now even Satan incarnate himself, ascended master, Sananda Emmanuel, the coming counterfeit Jesus Christ. All of these groups universally hate the Jesus Christ of the Bible, the Apostle Paul, and the King James Bible. I wonder why. I wonder why. Hopefully we've explained that to you. In 2 Corinthians, Paul's response to criticism consisted of a defense of his integrity without which his ministry would have been ineffective. He placed before his readers a number of reasons to reassure them of his integrity. They included his reverence for the Lord, his concern for the church, his devotion to the truth, his gratitude for Christ's love, his desire for righteousness, his burden for the loss. In defending his integrity, he risked being called proud by his enemies, so he also displayed several marks of his own humility a willingness to compare himself, an unwillingness to compare himself with others, a willingness to minister within limits, an unwillingness 
to take credit for others' labors, a willingness to seek only the Lord's glory, a unwillingness to pursue anything but an eternal um, commendation. Um, Paul had the right motives and he defended them for the right reasons. That is to glorify God and to promote the truth of the gospel and the Christ church. Now, again, some people would say, okay, so here we are, we're in the Laodicean church here, Revelation 3. We're in the most apostate time of the planet's ever known. Now, here's another angle to think about this whole subject. We're we're in we're basically in the middle of strong delusion. We've got more cults coming out of the woodwork now. We've we're right on the cusp of these ascended masters making their big debut and the aliens and all this other stuff. And we've got them, you know, just by chance. It seems that they're so concerned about Paul and the King James Bible. <laughs> you think that's a coincidence? It's not a coincidence. We've got all this stuff going on right now. The greatest time of delusion the world's ever known. And yet, we've got this one thing being attacked. And yet, we can look back and we can look at the fruit of the King James Bible. All the revivals, all the millions and millions of people that were saved from it, or, or through the word of God, okay? Hundreds of years, okay? And then all of a sudden, in 1881, we get this false version that, that comes in and starts spawning these other false versions, NIV, American Standard Version, all these other versions. And then we have the church miraculously yoking up with the government through its 501c3 corporate status, where now the IRS and the government are the head. And I don't care what anybody says, they could take away your right to exist as the church that you're in if you're a 501c3 corporate church, which 99.9% of all churches are. Okay? Anything that has two heads is a monster. You can't have, you can't bow the knee to, to God and the need to bail. you got to choose whom to stay, who you're going to serve. Okay, We've got all this apostasy that's come in the church since this 1881 revised version came out and spawned all these other false versions. And all this deception, all this delusion, and, and it, it's like you look back and you look at all the fruit of the King James Bible, and again, we've done whole studies on this, and you look at the t- day and times we're living in. See, the point I'm trying to make is that the t- day and time we're living in, we should be more on guard against deception now than we have ever been before. And if it was good enough for all these preachers that have used the King James Bible all these years and all these millions of souls that have been saved through the word of God, are we to think at this point in history that all of a sudden we're going to get some new revelation and God is going to reveal to us all of a sudden that Paul is this bad guy and that the King James Bible is wrong? No. No. It's the exact opposite. And it's clear it's the exact opposite. The Bible says, to seek ye the old path, wherein is wisdom. So I'm going to stick with the King James Bible, and I'm going to stick with the whole King James Bible, and not try to throw out books of the Bible now, because I've got some new ager, or some lesbian, or some gay guy, or some guy in a cult, or some guy, or, or Sananda Emmanuel, the false Jesus Christ, telling me I need to throw it out. That's like Satan telling, giving me a Bible study. When you look at it from that perspective, isn't it so unbelievably obvious what's going on because I'm getting more and more flack about this whole Paul the Usurper thing. Uh, you know, it's getting to the point where it's like one email a week. So I wanted to just, to just say that to, to kind of clear the, uh, if there was muddy waters there to try to clear those up. All right, um, let's go further here. I'm going to go, we're going to watch, we're going to listen to this little clip from George Norrie. Um, 
regarding Vatican and the official ET disclosure. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and play this clip. It's only about a four-minute clip entitled Vatican and Official ET Disclosure. His pronouncement opens up the possibility of space missionaries heading out to the stars to convert aliens to Christianity. We're going to talk with a couple guests in a moment about this story. First, though, Richard Hoagland from the EnterpriseMission.com. Richard, what does this all mean? <laughs> well, you know, the drip, drip, drip is becoming a splash, splash, splash. This is obviously planned run-up to disclosure. I mean, there's no other way to, to account for this. This guy is the Pope's chief astronomer. He is in charge of the Pope's meteorite collection back in Rome. Uh, I didn't know the Pope had a meteorite collection. He must. Actually, the Pope also has a really cool baseball card collection as well. Oh, sorry. Just kidding. Teasing. Have a good one. And he's speaking tomorrow at the British Science Festival in Birmingham. But he's just down the street when the Pope coincidentally happens to be in London when he makes this series of major pronouncements officially. This is not like, uh, you know, Cardinal Balducci. This is official on the record Vatican policy. Remember when they said that the uh, aliens or ETs would be our brothers and sisters? This was the same guy who said that. It's drip, drip at an increasing pace. Now, in, in, in a few days at the Stephen Greer's Transformation Conference down in Arizona, I'm going to be presenting some extraordinary new data on how all this fits into a disclosure paradigm that is racing at us at Warp 9, at his uh, you know, Rio Rico conference. And all I can say is that there's going to be an accelerating cascade of these events, not only from the Vatican. I mean, the Pope is in, in, in London to, what, refer on the Vatican's perspectives on extraterrestrials? And you're going to see things coming from our administration. There's a lot of clues that we're getting closer to some kind of official movement this fall. Remember, there's this big conference, the ESA conference going on in Rome beginning next week where the Phobos data is supposed to finally come out that we've been talking about for months and months and months. So, no, I'm not surprised, and I'm looking forward to what your guests have to say, and all I can say is the big news here is not that the, the church is saying we would baptize aliens. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> it's the legitimization of the conversation that aliens exist, George, and regardless of whether there are fake plans afoot, you know, the false flag, or it's the real deal, it's irrelevant because there's enough data on the public record now, our work, Stephen's work, a lot of other work, that regardless of politically where this has tried to be, be bent, to be manipulated, the truth will come out as soon as the idea of aliens is legitimized. And that's why this story is of major import tonight. Well, I'm glad you pointed it out to us, Richard. Richard hopped all over the story. And, of course, the father of modern-day ufology, in one of my very first radio interviews of the paranormal and the unusual, Back in 1971, was none other than with Stanton Friedman. What is your reaction to this story? That sounds kind of funny. That the Vatican would love to baptize any ETs. Well, you know, when the Pope said last year, I guess it was that uh, you know God made us, He made them, our brethren in outer space. And my first reaction was, 
What does he know that we don't know? It sounds like he was getting a billion Catholics ready for the big disclosure, doesn't it? I mean, why else would he say something? Okay, great point. Um, I think that that's just more confirmation here of what we're facing in the coming um, days and times that we're living in. Next article is entitled, Key Latino Leader Endorses Initiative 300 which is actually called the ET Affairs Commission, like Extraterrestrial Affairs Commission. Uh, Let's see here. CEO and Executive Director of NewsEd has endorsed Initiative 300. This is Veronica Berelia. She's this key Latino leader, uh, I believe in Denver. She said, quote, I support Initiative 300 to create an Extraterrestrial Affairs Commission, and I encourage people to vote yes. NewsEd is a major community development organization in Denver. It also organizes the Cinco de Mayo celebration in Civic Center Park, which draws around 300,000 people. A Denver Post article on June 24, 2010, called Miss Barella, Denver's West Side Power Broker. The article quoted Denver's councilwoman, Judy Montero, as saying, I also think it's healthy that everyone listens to her. Political candidates and parties especially will find it healthy to listen to Veronica about her Initiative 300. The obvious reason is that Latinos account for 30% of Denver's population over the age of 18 who are eligible to vote. Less obvious, I wonder how many of them are legal aliens, uh, less obvious is the Democratic and Republican political leaders have had similar views on this issues of UFOs and extraterrestrial visitors. Now remember, these stories I'm talking about, these all came out this week, other than the quote, from that Sananda. Okay, um, these include, these are people that have had similar views on UFOs and extraterrestrial visitors. These include Presidents Kennedy, Carter, Reagan, along with Hillary Clinton, sorry, Hillary Clinton, and John Podesta. They have either reported seeing UFOs or sought public disclosure of government files on UFOs and extraterrestrial visitors. Veronica will also be urging voters to read the eight-page Initiative 300 voter education newspaper. Initiative 300 is on the ballot for November 2010 Denver election. I mean, this is how mainstream this is becoming. Find out more about Initiative 300 and the campaign to create the Extraterrestrial Affairs Commission at, and I'll give you the link. So, I mean, I couldn't believe how many stories I read this week on this particular subject. Here's another one. David Letterman late-night talk show host, asks Jeff Peckman about Stan Romanek's extraterrestrials, visitors, and UFOs. Peckman is a chief proponent of the ET Affairs Commission ballot initiative, which is that Initiative 300, okay? So this guy was on David Letterman. <clears throat> he gives different reasons to vote yes on this Initiative 300. I'm going to give you the first three. The first one, common sense. Over 400 government, military, and intelligent community witnesses have testified to their direct, personal, first-hand experience with UFOs, ETs, and ET technology, and the cover-up that keeps this information secret. You can go to disclosureproject.org was the source for that. Second reason, we ought to do it, meaning disclose UFO files, because it's right, and because it's the law, okay, whatever, um... That was actually said by John Podesta, who was a Clinton-Obama official. Uh, Third reason, 
All people have a right to know about suppressed extraterrestrial technologies for, here's the big one. Now, the, the biggest ones, the biggest carrot is going to be, we shall be as gods. Okay, Same lie that serpent told to Eve in the Garden of Eden. But the second one is going to be, the reason that we need to know about all this is why? For curing life-threatening diseases. Well, hey, our own government, our, the pharma medical cartels are doing that on purpose. They have no financial motivation to ever invent a cure for any disease. Why? Because diseases create reoccurring revenue and control of the population. And also, we can make the population very weak, sickly, and we're easily controlled because once you get addicted to drugs, then you're dependent on Big Brother to get your meds. I'm going to talk about that more if we have time. But, these aliens curing life-threatening diseases, cleaner energy, environmental cleanup, and creating jobs. Okay, All of which our own world government has created problems in all of those areas. They're the ones that have created all the, all the problems. We, we could have much cleaner energy. There's zero-point energy available. It's just all been suppressed. I mean, you could even look at solar and wind and th- these types of things to become... But actually, those aren't the most efficient forms. Um, environmental cleanup, well, they're the ones that have created all the problems there. The, the, the multinational corporate conglomerate devil companies created that problem. And creating jobs. Well, they're, they're the ones that are, that are behind all the jobs leaving America and other parts and sending them to third world countries where they pay them pennies per hour to, to do slave labor. They're the ones that have created all that. So the aliens are going to come with the Ascended Masters, and they're going to straighten all that out. Well, that's what—that's a big thing they're going to say and claim they can do. So I call this Satan's carrot to the masses. And it's something that you have to understand. This is one of the main ways they're going to entice us. Now, you look at the show V, okay? The recent show. What was the way the aliens came and presented themselves as these wonderful, soft-spoken Nice people that looked just like us, and they had they could cure basically any disease. They could give us free energy. Of course, they wanted us to be vaccinated, you know, because um, that would be what actually cured the disease. Yeah, you take a, you take a vaccination from one of them, boy, it's probably about as good as taking the mark of the beast. Um, anyway, um, yeah, isn't that kind of a coincidence? That's the way that they always will portray themselves. The good aliens, even though. In reality, they were evil, and they even let you know that on that V-series. So, anyway, let's go further. Next article. Former U.S. Air Force personnel claim they experienced UFO activity near sites at which they worked. Seven former U.S. Air Force personnel gathered in Washington Monday to recount UFO sightings. Now, this is just from September 27th. To recount UFO sightings over nuclear weapons facilities in past decades. Accounts that a UFO researcher says show extraterrestrial beings are interested in the world's nuclear arm race and may be sending humans a message. At a news conference at a national press club, six former officers and one ex-enlisted man recalled either personal sightings or reports from subordinates and other UFOs hovering over nuclear missile silos and nuclear weapon storage areas in the 1960s, the 70s, and the 80s. Now remember, the government's letting this all happen for a reason. If they didn't want these guys to talk, they would not be talking. So please bear that in mind. All of a sudden now we're being flooded this week with a story after story after story confirming everything that we're talking about today. Three of the former Air Force officers, though they hadn't seen the UFOs for themselves, told reporters that the UFOs hovering over silos around Montana's 
Maelstrom Air Force Base in 1967 appeared to have temporarily deactivated some of the nuclear missiles. Much of the testimony already has appeared in books, websites, and elsewhere. But UFO researcher and author Robert Hastings, who organized the news conference, said the time has come for the U.S. government to acknowledge the UFO visits. He goes on to say, quote, I believe these gentlemen... I believe these gentlemen believe that this planet is being visited by beings from another world who for whatever... And that's, the, that's another big lie they love to tell. Oh, they're from billion... They're from, like, whatever. Alpha Centauri or wherever. Well, I believe that's all garbage, personally. I'm not saying that they don't have the technology to inhabit other places or other planets, but ultimately, this is a battle between Satan, his fallen angels, his demons... Okay, the, the Nephilim, okay, which, you know, hybrid offspring type of thing, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man, okay, we've discussed that many times in the past. I don't believe they're extraterrestrial, meaning they're from, you know, other spe- star systems millions of miles away, and they're, I believe that's garbage. From a biblical standpoint, I do not believe that. Um, that's what they want to convince us of, though. Because that way, it seems like, oh, wow, there's all these other galaxies. And the Bible doesn't mention that, so we could just throw the Bible out the window. That's kind of the subtle conditioning that they're, that they're doing, that they're working through. Okay, so let's go further. Um, <clears throat> I believe this planet is being visited by beings from another world, who, for whatever reason, have taken an interest in the nuclear arms race, which began at the end of World War II. Said Hastings, who added that more than 120 former military personnel have told him about UFOs visiting nuclear sites. Regarding the missile shutdown incidents, my opinion is that whoever are aboard these craft are sending a signal to both Washington and Moscow, among others, that we are playing with fire. See, they're here for our own benefit. They're, they're not malevolent, evil. No, no, they're benevolent. They're magnanimous. They're wonderful. They're here to help us out because we're too stupid to figure stuff out on our own, and hey, they created us anyway, right? According to the ancient astronaut theory. So they're just here to police their little science project. That's basically what they're doing. Um, okay, so they're playing with fire that the possession and threatened use of nuclear weapons potentially threatens the human race and the integrity of the planetary environment. He said, former Air Force Captain Robert Salas, who has written a book about the Montana incidents, said... He was underground when a UFO hovered over the missile silo, March 1967, and that therefore he couldn't see it. He said one of his guards above ground told him a red glowing object about 30 feet in diameter diameter was hovering just above the front gate of the facility in an isolated area far from Maelstrom. And just as I called my commander, our missiles began going into what is called a no-go condition, or unlaunchable. Essentially, they were disabled while this object was still hovering over our site. Salas and the others said the military urged them at the time to not talk about the incidents. Now, from what I've heard, when they started nuclear testing back in like the 40s, this was like around the same time that Roswell, the Roswell incident happened. And from what I heard on from different sources over and over again, is that the nuclear the nukes, when they were setting these things off, I don't know whether it fried the componentry in the UFOs or whatever it did, but it seemed to totally really mess with them bad. And there were all kind of UFOs at the time going down. 
crash recoveries and things like this. There, Roswell was just one of the, the UFOs that they actually recovered. Okay, There was actually many more. And it was during the nuclear testing that all this went down, and this is the very reason why these supposed aliens, okay, which are really nothing more, I believe, than demons in some type of biological form container. Now, let's talk about that real quick here, because I got an email about that the other day, and I wanted to read, I've read this before in the past, uh, like, because people say, well, what are the aliens? Okay, I think that this little description, this little description that I'm getting ready to read you, really does a great job of kind of summing up what they actually are. Now, I'm searching for it right now. I'm going to put you on pause here while I search for this. Okay, I thought this little paragraph did a nice job of summing things up. It says, evidence is beginning to mount that many of the humans and animal organs from mutilation victims are being used by an entirely different alien group than what they call the reptilian saucerians. Because remember, there's multiple types of aliens that people witness. There's the Nordics, blonde hair, blue eye, looking perfect people. And then there's the greys, the grey aliens, which are the traditional ones that people associate with. And then there's actually these things called reptilians. And then variations of each. Okay, so again... Satan's trying to create this camp, good cop, bad cop. Typically, the Nordics are presented as the good guys. They're here to actually help us. Whereas, typically, the greys and the reptilians are presented as the bad guys. Of course, there's even different supposed factions of both. Okay, so, now remember, 2-3% to 3% of the population admits to being abducted. Okay, so this is millions and millions and millions of people. Are they all loony, nuts, insane? Every one of these millions of people. Do their testimonies have no basis in fact? You have to ask yourself that question. Okay? I do not believe that is the case. There is a basis in fact. These things are, yes, demonic. But, there's been numerous accounts of them actually being killed as well. So if it was purely something demonic, how could it have a physical body? Okay, because a demon is a spirit. A fallen angel, at this point, is, is, is a spiritual entity. Okay? How could it be killed? Well, I think this little paragraph explains it. Remember, demons are always seeking to inhabit a body, according to the Bible. The, the Bible talks about when a spirit, when Jesus talked about this, when a spirit goes out of the body, it goes into dry places, seeking, and it comes back seeking a body to inhabit. And if he comes back and the body that he came from is swept and clean, he brings back seven more demons, even worse than himself, to inhabit the body. Why? Because demons want to inhabit a body. Okay? Let me read this to you. Evidence is beginning to mount that many of the human and animal organs from mutilation victims are being used by an entirely different alien group than the reptilian saucerians. Although the saucerians are apparently assisting in the construction of biological forms which can be possessed by an insidious group of, of spirit or supernatural non-physical entities called infernals. Basically, they're putting demons or these spirits into these biological containers like the greys, which are more like, from what I've read, like drones, like Satan's drones, okay? The Leading Edge magazine from March 1990 quoted one inside source as saying that, quote, these beings have a physical presence and generate biological structures that function as containers for them. The aliens manufacture containers for themselves, 
fabricate their own bodies using biological fluids and body parts gained from humans and cattle. It, listen, you cannot say that cattle mutilation doesn't happen. Happens in some places, like, all the time. Just do a keyword search. Cattle turns up, the, it's disgusting. I mean, they've got, they're, 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 these cattle are mutilated with laser-like precision. And certain body parts are seem to be always the one target. The reproductive organs, the rectum, the mouth, the eyes, sometimes, you know. And this can actually happen to humans and has happened to humans as well. Well, what are they doing with this biological fluid? Many times the blood's all gone too. What are they doing with this stuff? Okay, well, here is one explanation. So I just wanted to bring that out because uh, I think they did a good good job in explaining this particular subject. Because if you call them purely demonic, you have a problem when they can actually be killed physically. Okay, now that doesn't mean that you've actually killed the spirit, but you've actually killed the container that the devil's spirit was emanating and operating through. I'm going to go ahead and post this little paragraph in the PDF now, just so you can have it as, as a reference tool. Okay, so, um, and then going back to this article, oh, let's see. Salas and the others said the military urged them at the time to stop talking about the incidents. Okay, so in other words, this you know, the world wasn't ready for whatever, you know, they had to present and bring to the table at this point. Now, I, let me go on the other side of this. I know that there's that there's times where people will view, see gray aliens literally appear in their bedroom, like during abduction scenarios, and then disappear. So, Again, how to explain all of that? I'm not 100% sure. Some of them may be purely demonic in nature. Some of them actually may have literal body-like containers. And they use the biologic, biological materials they get from humans and cattle, the blood, the fluids, and these types of things, in order to manufacture or possibly clone themselves in some type of laboratory setting. I don't really know. I haven't been there. I'm just theorizing based on the research I've seen. Next article. Breaking. CNN is to air the UFO's nukes press conference live. Uh, According to the post on September press event Facebook page attributed to Marilyn Salas, CNN has elected to have live coverage of the UFOs and nukes press conference at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. The press conference brings together witnesses to the UFO incursions on the United States military bases and nuclear missile launch site facilities to reveal to the press the nature of these events. Captain Robert Salas said the U.S. Air Force is lying about the national security implications of the unidentified aerial objects at nuclear bases, and we can prove it. This is a significant press conference part of a perfect storm of UFO disclosure that began with Leslie Keene's book, UFOs, Military Pilots, and Government Officials, who go on record, and includes soft disclosure in the form of NBC's The Event. That's another thing. NBC just debuted the show. It's called The Event. It's on every Monday night, and it's essentially the plot line involves the disclosure of the reality of non-human intelligent life to the public. These are aliens that crashed on this earth like 60 years ago, again around the 40s, when we were doing nuke testing. And they're aliens, but they look just like us. Yet their DNA, according to the show, says they have like a 1% DNA difference. 
And the one guy says, well, then that means they're just basically human. He says, no, no. Apes only have a 2% DNA variation. So they are different. They don't age like we age. They age very slowly. And they have all these powers. And that's what this event show is about. I can't tell you a whole lot more than that about it because they're being very secretive about the plot. But again, what is that about? The whole, the whole first episode was essentially about they were going to announce disclosure and then some rogue element made sure that that didn't happen. And so, again, it's about disclosure. The United Nations just yesterday announced that Professor Maslin Othaman of the United Nations Office for Outer Space Affairs is tasked with the responsibility to meet with and conduct negotiations with extraterrestrials that might come to this planet. And again, we already referred to that. Uh, last article before we go to the next part. Breaking news, triangular UFOs over Tucson. In the last few, now this was on September 25th. In the last few hours, reports are coming in via Twitter as well as local television broadcasts that a triangular UFO has been observed by hundreds if not thousands of people in the Tucson area this evening. Now remember, this is just one of thousands of reports per year that are increasing all the time. You think they're not getting there? I mean, I mentioned how Hollywood's preparing us. Look at how the actual UFO, Satan is using the UFO movement by itself to prepare us. Okay? Uh, the triangular UFO has been observed by hundreds, if not thousands, of people in the Tucson, Arizona this evening. News agencies are being overwhelmed with calls relating to the sighting. A video of what is being said on the television can be seen by clicking on the link with this, with this article. I give you the link uh, of the article that you can click on, and it'll be within that link um, on that webpage. A similar sighting was reported by no less than five police officers in Lebanon, USA, not so long ago, and a video pertaining to this can be seen as well. Update. We're delighted to say that the video footage of the craft has been located. It is the third video to be seen, and I believe it's on the link I give you in this article. The craft does not maneuver in any ways traditionally associated with aircraft. It can be seen clearly that this is a triangular craft in nature, and it surely represents extraterrestrial technology or a military design and a capability kept secret from the public. But why then would it be such in, in such a built-up area. Well, the reason it's, it's appearing in such a built-up area is because they're trying to condition us for disclosure, which is what this whole part has been about, actually pretty much the whole last two parts, other than the golf updates. So anyway, that's the end of part two. We will go to part three next. God bless you.